0: So, uh, about half of you are scheduled to go to San Quentin on March 29th. And um, as, is the, as is customary for our visits to San Quentin, uh, I won't know whether you have clearance until uh, a few days before, probably. But you all had clearance last time, so in December, so it shouldn't be any problems. In, uh, unless you've had police records since then, um, it shouldn't be any problem in getting in uh, getting clearance as you expected. And um, and I sent exactly the same information, so it should be straightforward. And um, and I'll send uh, a week before, or sometime before, I'll send out the same information I sent before. Just re- repeat it uh, about the dress code and directions and things like that, and and a specific time that we're going to meet there. And um, uh, it's yeah, I say every year that uh, Fridays are the visiting day at San Quentin, and. It can i've I've been told the parking lot can fill earlier you can get there the better uh, and it seems like every year there's not a problem getting parking but that I would still encourage you if you if you want to get there early so, uh it might help make sure you get parking and then um and uh the real estate there is beautiful, you know you can see, I've hung out there in the parking lot looking across the bay and it's quite nice and um and what else uh to say about it? But the but things closed on Fridays. I've never seen it open. Yeah, I've never seen it open. And the uh, other thing is, um, you know, uh, dress well uh, because it could be cold and windy, and uh, be prepared for delays when we get there. And hopefully they're not doing a lockdown, which, which happened in December. So that, that I don't know what else to say, but just. So March 29th, I'll send out more information. And I'll send it to the whole group email so some of you will get it, and not relevant for you. So that's one thing. The second is uh, in terms of the writing assignments, uh, we have a great writing assignment <coughs> coming up that we wanted to uh, give you a, kind of a heads up so two months before it's due. You did the religious history assignment, which is a very important thing to do for chaplains to kind of be familiar with. And that's a, a kind of a writing assignment that's often good to redo periodically because our view of our religious history changes as, as uh, time goes along, what's important, what we emphasize. And so the, the next one, it's kind of in the same family, is to um, write a, a uh, an essay on your personal dharmology, uh, theology, your personal religious point of view, or orientation, understanding uh, so for, you know if you 're a buddhist you' you're, uh, you know your understanding of Buddhism that you operate under so it uh, don 't go i we had I had one person some years ago who basically went to like it looked like she just went to a textbook and and you know she gave me like a twenty five or thirty page essay on you know, what Buddhism is, and it read like kind of like a textbook and Maybe it was a useful exercise for her. But it does, you don't have to go look it up, textbook stuff. Uh, the idea is, what's in your heart? You know, what, is, what is the operating Buddhist understanding that you have, that you're operating from? And even if it's not, turns out it's not really Buddhism, <laughs> it's okay, it's yours. And so you want to hear what yours is, what you're operating. So, and you want to be able to reflect on that and see that and understand what, where you're coming from and and to be articulate about it, about it, to be accountable to it, to when you when you're asked to speak about it somehow, uh, to be able to be able to say it articulately, uh, to know understand where you're coming from, to know how you differ maybe from your own tradition.
1: What about cross referencing it with Buddhism, with traditional Buddhist teachings?
0: If you find that an interesting exercise, you could cross reference as you want. But uh, you know, uh, but one thing one thing that's really useful to do is if you have your own you know, personal dharmology, something you've come to yourself, it's also very important to know how it differs from your Buddhism. So if you represent Zen Buddhism, it's, you know, you might have a different view than Paul, but it's really good to know that you have a different view if you're Paul's student, for example, or from Zen Center, or from Soto Zen, or from Mahayana, or something, so that you can still stand on your own understanding, but you're not trying to pass it along as this is, you know, True, vipassana. It might or might not be. It's different from what the vipassana teachers you studied with the Theravada tradition. But this is what you you know. So you can so you know what is yours, and what is kind of more more closely aligns with the tradition. Because you want to repre- sometimes you want to represent the tradition that you're so so coming from. And uh, and it's fine to differ from it, but it's good to know what that difference is. So for this exercise that you're going to get, you have two months to uh, reflect on and think about it. Uh, you might want to try writing it a few times uh, rather than wait until the last evening and just write something down because it's actually a very important exercise. And, uh, and, and it would be great if your understanding changes, deepens, unfolds somehow uh, in the process of rewriting it a few times during these two months. Um, and um, you might try, try the experiment of writing it really quickly and uh, don't 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 be too reflective about it kind of uninhibited just write uh, and then you might another time try to do it really slow and careful and considered and just different ways to look at it and some point uh, next time that uh, maybe Jennifer opens up the website uh, for the I month. just
2: checked the website so under the very top it says writing assignments if you scroll through that on page 4 is this assignment and then um, in that explanation there's also a link to a page with ten other people's essays reflecting on their dharmology and theology, and specifically the topic of God. So at this juncture, I would at least read those essays. You know, it'll get you thinking. You don't have to do essays like that, but they're just things that I read. I thought, oh, that's kind of like what we're aiming at. So read those now.
0: So so that's a heads up. And then the third thing, and last thing for me, is that... um, We received, faculty received uh, two emails from people in the class raising, I think, a very important uh, concern, issue, perspective that's common in our society. And that is, uh, uh, who is it that uh, uh, tends to dominate conversations? Who is it that gets more airtime? Who is it that speaks first? Uh, Who is it that gets overlooked? Uh, Who is it that maybe is, you know because of uh, dynamics of uh, oppression, dynamics of dominance, privilege, and things like that, there's a different uh, degree to which people speak and feel comfortable speaking. And for people who belong to a more dominant uh, members of any kind of group, um, and certainly for our society, uh, it can be invisible that that, uh, they're taking up more space, more time, they're speaking first, and, um, and, so, um, and so this has come up as an issue in, among some people in the Course already. And uh, at this juncture, uh, I thought the most useful thing to do, and the uh, wisest thing to do perhaps, is uh, for all of us to be responsible for this, it's for all of us to be aware. And this is something I think almost any group you go into, besides, not just this group, where being sensitive to this is an important part of being a human being. And so it, so it sounds. It seems like uh, maybe we haven't been sent the faculty, or maybe some of us haven't been sensitive enough to this yet. So uh, certainly we're going to up our attention to it. But uh, if uh, all of us should take responsibility for this, and and it can be, you know, uh, if, if you fall, if you go into dyads, um, you know, it might be a little bit careful about who volunteers to speak first, or or in groups, and just just notice how it is, or who speaks the longest, if it's a group discussion, and because it's often playing out some of the larger dynamics of our society and that uh, we want to be able to address. And then if uh, if uh, this this issue is still something that's of concern to some of you, then um, you're very welcome to come and talk to us, the faculty, to me, uh, because it's something we'd like to hear and work with and and uh, address and it's very it's very the, the concern is very welcomed um, because it's just a common concern in our society and the concern is often not so welcomed and so you know that here it's welcomed if you have this, if you've noticed something or are concerned with something about this and let us know send us an email talk to us something so hopefully that's uh, enough for now and we intentionally uh, in talking about what to do in these these requests to address this issue, we intentionally decided not to open it up for discussion um, because of a variety of reasons, but it's possible at some point that uh, that's be appropriate as well and um so that's what I'll say for now so is that um adequate enough for everybody's point of view or adequate enough that I'm not actually asking you to say anything <laughs> Okay, great, and and thank you for participating and sharing the responsibility for this.
1: So the next session we're gonna do is Giving you a chance to be a chaplain, you know so we'll do it in dyads and um you know if you think about the first thing we talked about this morning you know, when we talked about patience you know in the different ways it comes up, and then you broke into dyads and you discussed with each other you know? and then one of the things you can think about well, what would it be what would have been like? if I'd have had that discussion as a chaplain, you know, what would have changed? What would, would have been, my demeanor have been? How would I have listened? How would I have responded? <laughs> well, and then, and then the second thing we talked about was, as your chaplaincy takes a toll, how do you identify and address what that is for you, you know? And maybe between the two of those. So you'll be in dyads, and it won't be like it was before, a repeated question. Each person will have the opportunity to just talk at length about what's coming up for them. And you can think about those two, you know, where do you find your resistance, your hesitancy? You know which aspect of impatience comes up for you, um, and then how does that? Because then usually that kind of uh, resistance or friction also takes a toll. That's asking for to be addressed too, and, and so you you can explore that. Over the time. We, we have um, about an hour and a half. And here's what I thought we'd do each person would have about 15 minutes, and then just pause for a few minutes, and then the other person change roles. And then, after that, reflect back with each other. You know? What did you observe? What, what, did you, how did the, how, what did you notice when you were the chaplain? You know, how did you notice how the person was responding to what you were doing? How did you notice about your own internal activity? You know? like if you think of a chaplain and you think of setting boundaries, skillful use of the self, empathetic listening, listening in a way and engaging in a way that supports the person and draws them out you know so all these things to explore and doing it with each other is an opportunity to explore you know you don't have to get it right so maybe at some point you want to intentionally say well what would it be like if i said Looks like you're holding something back there. Is there something you're holding back? You know? I'm not, I'm, I don't, that's a for instance. I'm not saying, say that. But maybe there'd be some way you would want to uh, notice. Okay, what is my strategy and what is it to go beyond it? Okay? So 15 minutes either way. And then... Time to reflect back and almost like coach each other. When you asked me that question, I shut down. You know, I thought it was too intrusive. Or when you asked me that question, I really realized I had a lot more to say. You know? Um how did the chaplain? How, what was? What was? How did the chaplain? What was? How did they, What kind of impact did they have on you? Did they feel friendly and supportive? Did they feel like they were trying to get you to say something you didn't even know how to say? Just all that exploring, all that. Okay. So, if you could pair up with someone, oh, please do.
3: A conversation or
1: someone just. Someone is being a chaplain. Right. And then their partner is someone who has come to talk to a chaplain. So it can be about any, like, whatever subject we want to. Something about. Um, that, that's real for you. About being a chaplain. And, and, and something in the context of um, what you're working with. As you're t- taking on the role of being a chaplain. Yeah.
4: So, Paul, is it, <clears throat> is it appropriate to think of it as a chaplain, a chaplain being a chaplain with a chaplain? So, a chaplain's coaching a chaplain. Um. Or coaches, a chaplain is coaching a new, growing, infant chaplain.
1: No, it, it, it's more... The the person who's talking subjectively about what's going on for them, um, they're coming from the place of being the person they are, having the experiences they're having, the challenges, the difficulties, the insights about how to work with it. The chaplain at that point is just facilitating them being who they are, and really encouraging and supporting them to speak of, of all of that. You're, you're not uh, sort of giving them advice as to what they should be doing different. Then, afterwards, when you reflect together, you know that, then after you've identified for each other, then you can share with each other, hmm. Well, how would you have done that, you know? But that would be more as peers rather than trying to uh, be a chaplain advising someone as to how they should do things differently.
3: So just a clarification. So when I
1: am talking, yes. exactly okay so if you could pair up with someone and then you can spread yourselves out you can go in there we do Mm. and then we're going to have one group of three years and just just notice what what was the consequence of of doing that, either being the chaplain or being the person talking like what's your state of mind now is it, are you do you feel more open? Do you feel like certain issues have become more alive within you? Just what's going on? And then just consciously shift gears. Okay? Now I'm going to be the chaplain. Now I'm going to be the one who's going to talk. What What is the difference? How do you prepare yourself internally for that? No. So even though you've opened up, as, as the person who was talking, even though you've opened something up, can you, for now, just let it be? Okay. That's... That's an unfinished process, but for now, I'm just going to let that sit just the way it is, and I'm going to shift into another row. Okay? And the same for the chaplain. And then as you get ready to sit down, just think, okay, that's what I'm bringing That's what I'm bringing to this exchange. And then you can sit down and change roles. Closing your mouth, (laughs) stopping words from coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Um, So if you just stand up again. Same thing. Just let yourself go through a transition. And so now, what you're going to do is you're going to have an open discussion. Um, you you can take turns. Like, okay, as the chaplain, how was it as you listened? the client as the client how was it as you listen to the chaplain and then switch okay that's the first session okay and then switch into the second okay and maybe do while you're just standing just think for a moment what is it you want to say about that what was notable what observations did you make It's always good to start with specifics. I heard you say this, and when you said this, the look on your face changed. No? Okay. And then if you wish, you can say, so, and my conclusion was that your emotions were changing. Okay. So, if if you can link Some conclusion you have to a direct observation that's very helpful. Okay, and then when you're ready, you can sit down and share that brief together. Let's come back. Okay, if you would end your conversation, please. And come back. part of the training of all this is it's a little bit like using different parts of your brain you know you you go into a certain mode okay now I'm the client think like the client feel like the client okay now I'm the chaplain think like the chaplain feel like the chaplain okay now we're analyzing what just happened you know be an impartial observer (laughs) and in some ways in many situations that's how it is You know? You you move from role and sometimes they're kind of you're in a dual role. Like I've heard Jennifer talking about being dealing with an emergency and then turning around and noticing that the nurse was really upset. Okay, I'm not just taking care of this person, I'm taking care of this person. You know? I'm not just all focused on this dynamic. I'm also including this one. Um, What did you learn? What did you learn about engaging as a chaplain? Presenting yourself in a way that a chaplain could relate to?
3: something that I already know or relearned which is that um, there are still very specific ways in which I want to be attended to and I have strong reactions against not being attended mm. to in those ways
5: mm.
1: Do you think it would help the group or would you be and would you be willing <laughs> to let us know because probably the way you would like to be attended to Speaks something to how most of us would like to be attended to.
3: Well, I can give you an example that might not be exactly that, but um, and this didn't happen in this scenario, but I react very strongly when people ask when I'm asked to go somatic um, Mm -hmm. and you know sense within my body, and also to role play. I have really strong reactions against those two Mm -hmm. invitations. Mm -hmm. Again, just an example.
1: What ways of being related to really work for you?
3: Very um, passive listening and very and very little response other than like empathy, like advice giving and naming, or like yeah, advice giving doesn't you know mm-hmm. suit me very well. I mean, sometimes I'm seeking it, but un unasked for advice, but, and that probably speaks to what you were saying probably most of us don't really want the unsolicited advice. Mm
1: -hmm. Thanks. Yeah.
4: There's definitely a form of intimacy um, as someone talking to a chaplain, you know, that I felt, you know, it's because... You're pouring your heart out, and, you, and they're listening with um, in a very empathic way, which was, to me, I felt um, reassuring and helpful to, you know, to be communicative, but we could have gone on for longer, and I could have talked for a lot longer mm-hmm. um, in that intimate setting. Mm. Thank you. so i'm i'm very aware of the fact that trust had already been built between us having gotten to know each other this year so that there was no need to spend any time building trust we had trust
1: mm-hmm.
4: and it was because of that trust that the conversation could real we could really peel back the onion and and in my experience as both the chaplain and also the one speaking, I felt the peeling back of the onion with a deep level of trust um, right from the start. So I just have an awareness that I'm reflecting on some patients I've spent time with at the hospital and where you go in and there's no trust because they don't know you, so Mm. you have to build that and and the difference there. What kind of cues
1: were you picking up on that let you see, oh, the trust is here?
4: Already In this conversation, yes. to know that the trust was there? Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of references referring back to a conversation that we had had a couple of months ago mm-hmm. that then had a follow-up to it, and now we were going a little bit deeper and peeling back the onion today. So there was reference back to... Remember when we had that conversation a, a couple of meetings ago? and it was, oh yeah, so we've already broken the ice together I'm, let's just pick it up where we left off mm-hmm. that kind of a thing mm. and I think the other was um, for me there was very full presence when I was the one talking mm-hmm. uh, there was, I, I felt very full presence I mean, my chaplain was with me and, and no one else it was just very, very focused, and I knew she was there for me. Mm. So that that built the trust, or mm. well, I should say, strengthened the trust.
1: Mm. And can you say anything about how you present yourself when you feel the trust?
4: Um, when I when I was the person speaking. Um, I would maybe present myself with not, not holding back I mean, mm-hmm. not, not having to change words in any way mm-hmm. just soften what I was saying or mm-hmm. change words that I thought might be controversial mm-hmm. um, it could, I could just speak the truth mm. Lovely, thanks and thanks for answering
1: those questions I think it was very helpful for us all
0: Uh, in the exercise one of the unique things that i found was that um my partner and i we do chaplaincy work together so we had background on each other and um i'm in kind of a senior position to her so it was really nice to have her be my chaplain to like open up and kind of level that field and the question that arose for me is that um, often with a chaplain there's an assumption that this person is quite pious and quite knowledgeable about you know like if I'm a Buddhist chaplain then I know all kinds of Buddhist stuff right and um, I wonder about like a skillful way to have that exercise with someone that you're Mm. providing chaplaincy with to level that playing field and bring yourself kind of down off that pedestal
3: Mm. when it's appropriate
1: Mm. lovely question anyone got a response?
5: Let's see if they say. Okay.
1: Or do you all prefer to just be look and act like you know everything? <laughs> Is that your chosen strategy? <laughs> you press that button until it goes green.
6: Yeah, you all have given the response a number of times, and one of the things that uh, delights and amazes me the most about like the like in the trenches working of trplancy that I hear is that regardless of whatever faith, regardless of being a Christian minister or uh, a Muslim priest or whatever, um, that it's all about drawing out from the individual what their faith and belief is. Is that a direct answer? Like in other well,
1: words. What do you do when someone projects onto you? Oh, you must know everything, and you're you you you're so perfect, and everything you do is so wise and compassionate. How do you get to be so wonderful? <laughs> <laughs>
6: ah, whoops! <laughs> uh, I get humble really quick with the simple reality that my my theology is just mine, and it's very small and you know, to begin with, uh, I have a Buddhist practice that i 'm in love with, but i don 't consider myself Buddhist. I consider myself interfaith um, all 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 rivers go to the sea that 's that 's kind of in my bones mm-hmm. and, um, and I could expound upon that, but it's it 's much trickier uh, for others. I would imagine um, it works for me and that's what counts and so what works for you that mm. <laughs> gets you mm. but yeah I don't mm-hmm. I, w- I wasn't qualified to answer that like in, as somebody who has credentials I would imagine it's like a priest how would a priest answer that for instance you yeah. know um, I don't know Okay. I missed the question
1: <laughs> well, <then laughs> to some you, degree that was it anyone else?
2: So I, I find that this is where spiritual assessment comes in handy. You know, thinking about what does this person need right now? And if somebody if if the way they're built is to do that to whomever, you know what I mean? Then I might um bear that, you know? And and then I or I can make an assessment that says, you know, they're putting themselves down by putting me up. So for them, they're already an expert at putting themselves down, so I'm not gonna you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna lower myself. But if it's somebody who's really thinks they're better than everybody, and they think I'm better than, them, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course, then I'll I'll be like, okay, yeah, it's good for them not to be the top dog. You know, and I'll you know assume some authority. So it's a little bit like based on assessing, you know, what this person needs. I wouldn't assume automatically that I should burst it, and nor should I don't assume necessarily that I should uphold it you know I kind of you know because um, uh, it's 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 about them uh, and um, particularly for people who are theists and grow up in a certain way like the word minister and clergy is very potent you know for them so you know I see it differently but as you were saying it's a little bit you know where are they at yeah. and then I get used to the projection so you get used to it you know what I mean? And don't hold it so adversely. Does that make sense? But I can appreciate how it was refreshing to flip it.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Chah said, if a student is leaning to the left, I say, lean to the right. If they're leaning to the right, I say, lean to the left. It's like, (laughs) it seems like they're putting themselves down a lot. Maybe encourage something else.
2: And then what happens? You meet in the middle? You go kind of right yourself?
1: Yeah. That middle way. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I've heard of that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We're going to take a break, but does anyone want to add anything? Any insights, observations they had in doing that process? How was it when you debriefed with each other, trying to uh, identify exactly what had happened and what kind of responses?
5: Well, I'll answer. I'll give a response to the first Okay. Um, yeah I think the the notion that we have to go out and help and do and fix something has to somehow soften, to be able to fully present, to be fully present for someone. And what, what I was in a triad in the last exercise, <clears throat> and I, when I when I spoke, I said my story. Um, I was met with questions. I was responded with. Que- I was met with questions, and um, that that was helpful for me, at least in in that. I wasn't trying to be some part of me wasn't trying to be fixed that the questions were a genuine concern of let's look into that a little bit more and see see what else is there so there was a sense of uh, there was a sense of uh, genuine curiosity and from that I felt um, what it felt like it it felt like a, a a A genuine concern, a warmth. Um, I'm not trying to. I mean, I've been in the place where I'm trying to fix something about someone. And I've also been in a place where I just listen and I feel useless at times. Like, oh, but I'm not offering anything. What is this person, you know? So I think it's. I think, as Jennifer was saying, I think sometimes it's it's like you you have to kind of shift back and forth and see where you land and what the person needs, and I think it seems to me that listening i guess as listening seems to be a very powerful way to just be and learn what someone else needs, even what you can offer um, anyway, so that's that's what I've learned.
1: Hmm. And as you reflected on it, Dylan, was there any insights about your own needs or preferences?
5: I think that my needs can change, you know I think that my preferences are very precarious, you know they can be one thing um even even during the duration of the fifteen minutes you know they can they can seem to be firm, and this is what i this is exactly what i'm what I needed, and then I'm asked a question that shifts the way I was thinking a previous moment, and then I, ha- I and then um, I can think that my needs may be more. Um, I need a different kind of support. So I can't really say whether this is there's this one set of conditions that I that that I need for my needs to be filled, you know. Mm. But. Um, But again, I go back to that notion of um, just holding space as, which is what I experienced, holding space for that, whatever it is to be available. And I think that feels very supportive. That's a need that I think, or that's, that's a way to support that I think that I can resonate with much more than any particular set of words or... um, At least that's how I feel today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. And we'll take a 15-minute break. Then we'll come back. Thank you.